let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folker, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. The Green Bay Health Project Podcast is sponsored by Movement, Performance, and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's mvmtgb.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. What's going on, guys? It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project podcast, and today we're joined by Alicia Hammer, a health coach and owner of Women's Intuition Health Coaching, where the big specialization is moms with anxiety, you know, helping them tackle that endeavor. So Alicia, appreciate your time, and we're looking forward to hearing more about what you're doing. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm not going to lie, most of that introduction was frozen on my computer, so it... (laughs) Try it again. Your, your face was frozen too. So I don't know like, how the audio works. Well, I think that's okay. I think I, I caught the gist of it. Um, so as you said in the beginning, I am a certified health coach um, and I am the owner of Women's Intuition Health Coaching LLC, where I support moms um, with anxiety and stress management so they can feel vibrant, energized, and calm in their bodies. And I was really inspired to create this business uh, because I experienced firsthand the huge gap that we have in our medical system, not only in supporting moms, but in the mental health field as well. Um, So my anxiety really began when I was pregnant with my first baby. Um, And even though I had a home birth and I did everything with the midwife, I didn't find my perfect midwife until I was more than halfway into my pregnancy. Okay. Um, even though like I knew from the get-go before I even got pregnant, that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I didn't just want to jump to the first midwife I met. So I did experience some of the mainstream, you know, OBGYN care um, in that first pregnancy. And honestly, from the very first appointment, it really felt like fear was just instilled in me, in my plan, um, in my pregnancy and in everything going on. Um, so at that first appointment, I had decided I didn't want to do the first ultrasound. And, you know, it wasn't just the doctors who were trying to like fear me into doing it. It was everyone, even the receptionist. <laughs> so I went in to check in and she said, okay, a nurse will come out shortly to bring you in for your ultrasound. I said, oh no, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm going to opt out of that. And she was like, well, but what if your baby is dead? Don't you want to know if it's alive in there? Well, what if it's growing somewhere it's not supposed to be? And I was just standing there oh, like, wow. uh, no, I'm good. Like, luckily yes. I, I stuck to my guns. Like, no, no, I don't <laughs> want to do this. So no, like, first of all, that's a decision a doctor and I will make. And actually that's a decision I make. Like, mm-hmm. like 
So yeah, I mean, right off the bat. And yes, I stuck to my guns. And yes, I, I knew I didn't want that ultrasound, but the seed had been planted. That mm -hmm. fear that my baby was actually not alive when I thought it was lived with me my entire pregnancy. Um, my placenta was like on the outside of the uterus. And um, so every time the baby kicked, you know, the kicks weren't as strong. I didn't feel the baby moving around as much. So it was constantly like, oh my God, I'm not feeling these kicks as much. <sighs> um, so yeah, I mean, right off the bat, that just, I think was kind of a catalyst for a lot of my thoughts throughout my pregnancy. Um, but then after I gave birth, I was still noticing that like, I felt off. I couldn't put my finger on it. You know, I, I wasn't like, oh, I have anxiety. This is going on. It wasn't clear. Um, I just knew that like something wasn't right. Um, and I kept having these crazy visions of dropping my baby in the cages at the, at the zoo, in the animal cages. Um, like I don't go to the zoo that often and you're safe at the zoo, but <laughs> I just, I would spend hours tossing and turning at night, like dropping my baby in and then thinking, oh my gosh, well, what do I do? Do I jump in too? And then like, we're both animal feed, like kept me up forever. Um, I was really fearful of my baby crying in public because I thought people would see that as a sign that I was an unfit mom and they would like call CPS and they would take my baby from me. Just, you know, and I could rationalize everything completely like babies cry. It's fine. That's what they do. You hear babies cry all the time. I was so afraid my baby was being taken, even though things were fine. Um, you know, I, my baby was latching fine. There was enough supply. Everything was fine. But the anxiety about not being able to breastfeed my daughter just was insane, really, really high. So at my six week appointment, then I went in and I brought up my concerns. Um, and we did the postpartum depression quiz that they have. Mm. Um, which I didn't score concerningly high and rightfully so I didn't have postpartum depression. I wasn't suffering from that. And although it's a very similar thing to anxiety, they are different beasts. Um, so, you know, the quiz wasn't wrong. Like that wasn't my issue. So basically I left there. Um, she was born in the spring and like the rest of the summer, I was just like, well, this is motherhood. Like people say you change people say you know, moms worry, right? Moms are always worried. You're always worried more as a mom, but are you always worried about irrational things? Like, <laughs> like I always had this thing of, I'd be standing too close to an airplane and like the propeller would grab the blanket and my baby would go into the propeller. Like what, when am I ever standing next to an airplane? Well, like, so yeah, I just kind of dealt with it. I suffered through it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then then I went back to work. Um, I was a public school teacher at the time and my anxiety went from uncontrolled to absolutely wild and feral. Uh, my milk supply completely plummeted. We were getting milk from a family friend. Um, I was losing weight insanely fast. I had daily panic attacks, um, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, and I just, I constantly felt jittery and shaky. Like I was so off. And when I went to see a doctor about it, my primary care doctor, of course, the only support that she could offer me was a pill. And I wasn't interested in that. 
um, I really truly believed in the power of my body and I, I wanted to know how I could heal myself, not just cover it up, mm -hmm. um, not just, you know, make it through the day. Like I didn't just want to not die. I wanted to live. Um, and even when I was looking at a lot of the holistic like remedies and supports, it was still like, you know, I could take ashwagandha every day. Well, cool, but I'm just trading one pill for another, a pharmaceutical for an herb. Like I really wanted to be finding something to like things I could actually do, things I could change, things that would support my health and not just be tied to a pill, whether it was a pharmaceutical or not. Um, so then finally, I just, I remember one panic attack in particular, and it was really the turning point for me. Um, I was like shaking in the mirror, trying to put my mascara on, getting it all over the place. And then I started feeling like I couldn't breathe and that like tightness in my chest. It was all very familiar. This was not my first rodeo with it, but this one in particular, I just, I crumbled to the floor. I was laying in a ball, um, just hugging my knees to my chest, crying uncontrollably thinking I cannot go on anymore like this. This is not life. I don't know what to do, but I realized then no one was coming to save me and that I had to do it myself, that I was really the person I was waiting for. Um, so while it was my lowest point, it was um, pretty empowering because that's really the mindset you need to be in for true healing is not that someone else is going to do it for you. You know, just like um, when you go in for physical therapy, like you guys don't heal people. You give them the tools and supports and exercises and suggestions. And, you know, then they go home and do the work. Um, you know, it's, it's always really, really annoying to me when women talk about doctors delivering their babies. Like, no, no, honey, you did that. <laughs> you delivered your baby. You did all of the work. Um, you know, whether it was a vaginal birth, C-section, whether you needed any sort of intervention to help you, like you are the one who did that. They are there to support you. Um, and, you know, it's, it's so important to remember that we need to stop outsourcing our power to other people. We need to reclaim that power for ourselves, especially when it comes to our own health. Mm -hmm. um, so I did a ton of research. I took time off of work to really focus on my healing. And then once I was in more of that healed place, I really decided I needed to do something about this giant gap in our system. Um, because no other mother should ever have to suffer the way I suffered. And no other mother should have to feel like the only option she has is to take a pill. Um, so then I discovered health coaching. I got certified to help other moms who are struggling with their mental health, specifically anxiety and stress management. And I created women's intuition health coaching. That's awesome. I think there's a lot there. <laughs> so I appreciate you uh, sharing all of it. Um, you know, obviously, I can't speak to the process of it. But you know, us Erica going through home birth, and then having things kind of not go how it was planned and just seeing everything that she went through and whatnot, like it's, I can only imagine what goes through your, your, your minds, like, during the process before it, like kind of leading up to it afterwards, all of it. So I mean, I have I've always respected it, but I have such a profound respect. Like it just, there's no words that I can say like to credit you guys enough for what that 
is like and so like the the mental side of it i know for me it was a lot just seeing it but like go actually going through it like i don't kudos to you guys um <laughs> so <Thank> you. <laughs> the uh the other thing is you're kind of taking the experience that you had and and what you went through and and now turning it around like you had said like you you don't want other people to have to deal with that have to go through it and there is a huge gap i mean you're 100 percent correct with erica diving more into the pelvic floor world postpartum it, we've noticed that too and it's like what resources are out there for moms um and there's not many outside of the traditional world which as you alluded to not always the best etiquette, <laughs> not always the best route. Um, so it, it's, it's awesome what you're doing and, uh, yeah. it, it's important. Um, what are, I've got a bunch of questions now, but, uh, what are, <laughs> what are some of the, I don't want to say questions. I don't want to get, go there yet that you hear, but some of the things that moms come to you um in the early stages like what are they looking for how do they how do they like what's that first interaction like yeah so most moms who come to me um you know they've tried everything um a lot of them have even tried going on different um pharmaceuticals like they kind of like what i experienced they've they've tried and nothing is working um, so I'm kind of like that, that last step person, um, for trying. So a lot of them are to the point where, you know, things have really escalated and, you know, they just can't do it anymore. Um, so that's really kind of the point where most moms reach out to me. Yeah. And I think it's, I think what you said about, um, you know, kind of being like the, the guide, the tour guide, like it's, it it's an empowering thing to learn how to navigate this type of stuff on your own. Um, but it's important to know, like, you don't have to do it alone. And that's essentially the role that you're taking as well. Like you, you want to help people give them the tools they need and be there for them, be their support. But ultimately the work falls on their shoulders, like our shoulders to, to get better if we, if we want to. Right. Exactly. Yep. It is a, you have a question? There's like tools that she uses. You can ask. Oh, she can sorry. hear you. <laughs> what are, go ahead. So I'm curious to know then, um, you know, working with these moms, uh, what kind of tools do you implement with them? What's the starting process? What is it like working with you? Yeah. So I work one-on-one -on -one with clients virtually for right now. Um, the long-term plan is to have a space um, to welcome a mom into and kind of feel that immediate stress relief, um, but virtually for now. Mm -hmm. And when I do meet with clients, I just, I dig deep into who they are because our health is about so much more than just diet and exercise. So I really dig into all of the aspects. Um, creativity, joy, home cooking, home environment, um, spirituality, sex life, which isn't something I go into right off the bat. We know that one. <laughs> um, <into> it, right? <laughs> yeah, we get comfortable first. Uh, <laughs> relationships, finances, career, fulfillment and passion in life, your hobbies. Never underestimate the power of hobbies. Like moms sacrifice their hobbies so often. And then 
you know, if they do get back into their hobbies, they feel so much guilt. They feel that mom guilt of like, oh my gosh, like I should be with my kids, but you know, doing this is fun for me. Um, you know, that idea of like, I need a break, but a break from what? Like this little human who I love more than anything else in the entire world. Like, oh my goodness. Anyway, um, hobbies are great. Um, <laughs> movement, lifestyle, all of the routines in your day, habits, you name it. I dig deep into it, um, which is why each of my clients has a very personalized care plan because everyone is so different. Um, so I do have kind of a general path, right, for my program. But, you know, just because on one day we're talking about a certain topic doesn't mean that's what we have to do for that day because you're going to be different than the next person I talk to. Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely do not believe in the whole one size fits all or even the one size fits most um, idea. It's, it's all completely personalized. Mm -hmm. So then each time we meet, uh, we celebrate the successes from the last two weeks. Um, and then I dig some more. It's a lot of digging. Um, and I ask those hard questions that need to be asked. Um, and that a lot of, you know, other care providers just don't have the time to be able to talk to you about and to dig into. Um, and then from there, we formulate goals. Um, I give suggestions for homework, um, just kind of small changes to make. Uh, maybe like habit stacking, things that you're already doing that you can kind of tweak a little bit. Um, so I like to do kind of the really small changes that then add up to the really big change in the end. So that after, you know, a couple of weeks, we look back and say, oh, wow. Yeah, I actually came a really long way, you know, compared to where I was. Um, and And I like to make sure that I say I make suggestions. Like, whatever i bring up to you you do not have to do it because you know your body better than anyone else whether they have certain letters after their name or they wear a white coat or anyone like you know your body best so you know if we're talking through and we make i make suggestions i always go through the pros and cons of everything um and if it just really truly doesn't fit your lifestyle or your beliefs, then we move on to other things because there are so many other things that we could try. You know, it's, it, there is no one singular path to healing. Um, so then, you know, if you do want to implement something, I'm there to help you figure out the small paths, how it actually fits into your life. Um, I won't just be like, you have to cut this out cold turkey, or, you know, you have to do an all or nothing, um, you know, either you do this every single day or you're not going to heal, right? It's helping everyone find that balance too of like, okay, yeah, we're, we're making these changes, but it's okay to fall off that wagon. Like just get back on and I'm there to help you and support you in, in doing that. Um, so that's kind of how I really primarily work with my clients. Um, but I also do workshops throughout the year. So, um, one of my favorite ones is a cycle syncing workshop, um, which when I was first learning about cycle syncing, I almost felt ashamed that like I didn't know all of these things about my own body. And I was like 30 something years old. Like I, I, I wasn't 12 just, you know, getting into this experience. I had been experiencing this for how many years? And, um, you know, I was like, oh my gosh is it just me? Am I the only one who doesn't know this? Um, but 
through giving the presentation, I've learned that a lot of women don't know all of these things about their bodies. It wasn't just me. And the importance of knowing your body is like, if you know how your hormones are ebbing and flowing, if you know what's happening inside of you, you can better understand your mental health too, because hormones definitely affect your mental health. Um, so I love that workshop. Um, I've also done a toxic load workshop, um, which again, we are bombarded with all of these different toxins in our world that are directly affecting our mental health. Um, and this year I'm going to be starting a specific stress management workshop. Nice. Um, so going in, getting different tools, practicing different techniques right there in the workshop. Um, and you can get all of that information for all of these different workshops, um, really through my social media. Um, is where I share that information. So Instagram and Facebook, um, women's intuition underscore health coaching. And that's really where I, I'll be advertising for all of those. Yeah. And we'll be sure to uh, include all of that for, for easy access for people to click awesome. uh, Thank so you. they can find it right away. Erica wrote down some more things. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just, everything you just said, I connected with and I love what you're doing, but um, that whole, like going back to what you said about mom guilt, I never realized, you know, during pregnancy, I was like, you know, I gotta, I told Trevor, I was like, I gotta make sure I stick to my hobbies. I gotta stick to my workouts. I gotta stick to X, Y, and Z because I knew it was important to keep my identity that way. And then as soon as baby was born, it was like, um, well, maybe I can sacrifice just this one day to make sure that he's taken care of, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm here for him, like I'm his supply for food right now, so I need to be there. So I feel like that's probably one of the mm -hmm. biggest hurdles probably to take those actionable steps, you know, and the suggestions that you make is like, how do you overcome like that mom guilt and almost like reframing your thoughts of no, it's still once I go say when I go do play hockey. Okay, now I feel really good that I'm doing something for myself, and I know that he's being taken care of at the same same time too. Exactly. I started switching that mindset of mommy just needs a break to mommy needs to reconnect to herself, and totally like that in just that little mindset shift, the guilt just like melted away. Like, I'm not doing this because I need a break from you. I'm doing this because I've taken a break from myself and I need to get back to her. I love that. I love that. And also um, the cycle syncing. I know, you know, in like mainstream media right now, um, there's a lot on trying to do different types of workouts based on your cycle. But I think there's a lot to be said with trying to create your schedule, like your tasks and things like that around your cycle and and this is something that i'm a little bit more new to as well but um you alluded to like if you are feeling really energized and productive and creative like you need to make sure that you're doing those types of tasks at your job during that time frame of where those hormones peak and then if you know yeah. the times that you're feeling really shitty and low like you need to take more time for yourself maybe and figure out what strategies you need then too is yeah. that kind of along the lines that you go through in your workshops 100%. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Your energy levels, your social abilities during those different times. I mean, it's amazing how much our cycles really affect us. I think it's like definitely underutilized for sure. I think we're all very quick to find that 
magic pill or that one magic strategy that needs to be implemented for everyone right but it it, it yeah. does vary quite a bit and i think that's the the biggest thing um yeah. you mentioned earlier that um you noticed that your milk supply started dwindling when anxiety was peach peaking so do you know is there any research behind any of that do you find that just with your experience and expertise like that is very common or what do you think yeah um i mean i can't reference any of any studies um but from talking to other um, moms and other like lactation consultants and things um just in conversation like stress absolutely affects um your milk supply it makes sense right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but the weird thing too is like even though i couldn't pump at work um, when i would get home there was nowhere else i would rather be than nursing her because it just made me feel so calm and and i knew she was drinking too like she was still you know you you can hear them drinking you can hear them swallowing and like it just so it's like a super stressful thing but also one of the most wonderful calming activities i could have done during the time i feel like that can be um a little bit of a catch-22 too because i know some moms that struggle a lot with nursing and pumping and their milk supply especially in the beginning that it does increase your anxiety and your stress around it too and then therefore affecting your milk supply so what kind of like strategies would you recommend to a mom that's going through something like that yeah oh boy i mean there there would be so many different things that you could do i mean besides like working with other different professionals just so that you can like rationalize like okay no things are are fine um but i do have uh, you know different like teas for anxiety especially postpartum and you know various just stress management tools just being able to calm yourself really um to help with that and that's very individualized too right yep yeah. it's an it's always it depends kind of answer <laughs> but the awareness is key if if you know that where your thoughts are going if you're, it's causing more anxiety and a stressful situation and and vice versa then you know like this could be affecting your your milk supply too right uh, i would love to know if there's research on that i think that would be something right. cool it would probably be really hard to study but it would be really cool <laughs> to see if there's anything out there on that right um, my other question for you is what about um people do you notice there's a connection between uh, people that do struggle with anxiety even before pregnancy and what that is like, you know, during pregnancy and postpartum. Yes. And there are statistics on it. I don't have the number in my head at the moment. Um, but that when, so if you have a history of dealing with anxiety or, you know, really super high stress, other mental issue, health issues, um, your chances of developing a postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety do increase. Now again, you know, that doesn't mean, oh, I dealt with postpartum or I dealt with anxiety before and now I'm definitely going to have it. You know, it's not like a, 
a for sure thing is just your chances do increase, Mm -hmm. um, with the postpartum. So, you know, if you have dealt with anxiety before, definitely be making sure that you are healing yourself and you are taking care of yourself as a preventative measure. Um, and knowing the resources that you have available to you before you need them. Yeah. Just being more proactive, right. Versus reactive and being in the state of now having, you know, more panic attacks or it's affecting your daily life and, and kind of what you do before as well. Right. Yeah. And that's been something that I've been asked before of like, so can I work with you if I don't have anxiety? Like I wasn't diagnosed with anxiety. Absolutely. Please come to me. You do not have to be curling up on your bathroom floor, crying, not being able to breathe to come work with me. Like if you even sort of feel like you're off, like something's just not right. I don't know what it is, but something doesn't feel right come talk to me. I do free consultations. There's no commitment there. We just come talk, see if it is right for you. Cause maybe it's not the perfect fit, but definitely like, you know, don't wait. That's the biggest thing. Don't wait until it does start to spiral. Yep. Yep. What are some other um, common questions that you get from either clients or prospective clients? Yeah. A lot of them, are ones that you have already touched on. So like, you know, how can I manage my stress and anxiety? And it is so individualized, but on my social media, I try to give a lot of different tips and tricks, especially free things. Like people really don't realize how much just in nature we have available to us to help us calm our bodies down um, and different like breathing techniques. So I do try to share a lot of that on my social media. Um, And then the other question of like, well, why do I have anxiety? And again, it goes back to, there could be a thousand different reasons. You know, it could be something small and simple, like, well, maybe let's try to find some ways to get your hobbies back into your life. Or maybe it could be something more serious. You know, maybe there is something with your thyroid or something with your cortisol, you know, like maybe there is something, but it could be a million of those things combined together too. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, again, I wish I could just give you one answer and say, here, do this. You'll be great. Um, but I can't. (laughs) So those are really like the three main ones. Do I have to have a diagnosed anxiety to work with you? Um, how can I manage stress and why do I have this going on? All fair questions for sure. Yes. And we know too, that you have a podcast, right? I do. I yeah, do. Um, it. Yeah, it's called the Momsiety Minute. Um, and it's really my way of sharing a little more in-depth information about anxiety. Um, Instagram is great. It's kind of that surface level though. And I really wanted to go deeper on some of these topics. Um, so I started the podcast and I really envisioned like a busy mom um, maybe driving to work or driving to get groceries or whatever, just being able to play it and listen to a full episode. So I try to keep them between like 10 and 20 minutes. So it's just a very quick, you know, breakdown. Um, And because I do have a background in teaching, I'm very used to taking big complex issues and breaking them down to make them a little more understanding and user-friendly. 
Um, so I do try to take some of these bigger ideas like the HPA axis dysfunction or the gut brain connection and just break it down. Um, I do share personal life stories to try to keep it a little more light and funny. Um, hopefully people think it's funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just want people to understand and, you know, you don't have to know the nitty gritty details of exactly what's going on in your body, but it's really helpful to have a basic understanding at least of, you know, why these different things are making you feel the way that you are. Um, and yeah, it can be streamed on the Apple podcasts or Spotify, Amazon, and Google. Awesome. I just looked you up and subscribed because uh, <laughs> that's exactly when I listen to podcasts is driving in the car or if I'm going for a walk or something. So good time to get all your information in. It really is. Yes. And I was finding like I would be driving somewhere and have to stop. You know, I would listen to like two hour long podcasts or episodes and then I'd come back to it and think, wait, oh yeah, they talked about X, Y, and Z. And like, I'd have to try, you know, to work my mom brain of, okay, where am I here? I get that for sure. Do you have any questions for me? I don't think so. I know we're running um, a little low on time, but the, and we had some ending questions. I'm not even going to ask you those because I do want people to know um, how they can reach you and contact you. You already alluded to the social media um, channels, which we will link to for sure. Uh, but what's the best way for them to get into contact with you? Is it Instagram or Facebook or website? What? What do you prefer? What works best? Yeah, they all work great. So um, I am on social media media often. Um, I have noticed though, like I'll I'll get alerted to messages that were sent like days prior. Um, so email is probably going to be the best route. Um, Alicia.hammer at gmail.com. Um, and then also my website is really awesome. And my, uh, or I should say an awesome way to reach me. Um, my email website is, is awesome. I looked at it. Uh, awesome. thank, you. <laughs> thank you. So, uh, yeah, that is another great way to reach me too. Um, and you can check out more about what health coaching is. I know it's, um, a lot of people just don't really understand what it is quite yet. So, um, you know, if you still have questions about that, there is a whole page on there about what health coaching is. Um, and yeah, just a lot more information on the website too. Perfect. Is there anything else you want people to know before we get booted out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate you, first of all, adapting. You know, we had a little <laughs> tech, technical issues and we're on a time constraint now, but anything else you want us to know or want people to know? Yeah, I think... Um, just really the biggest takeaway for health in general is what I had kind of touched on earlier is like, don't wait to get support. You do not need to wait until you are crumbling and your life is like going to pieces. Um, if you think something's off, get help, get support and don't just settle for any support. Get the support that you want, demand the support that you actually need. That's a perfect way to well end. Said. That's yeah, that just wrapped it all up. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, Alicia, I we appreciate you taking the time um, and being adaptable. Yeah, thank you so much. I am so grateful that you guys reached out and gave me this opportunity to say my story and to hopefully reach out to more women in the community and 
for sure. I'm really grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, happy to do it. And if there's anything else we can do, you know, we will, we will definitely send people your way. Um, and then like I, just for everybody that's still listening, I'll link to everything that um, Alicia kind of noted to, website, social media, um, or free resources. And, uh, and we'll talk with you all next time. If you would like more information about us at Movement Performance and Rehab, more information on one of our guests, or if you have a contact that would be a good guest for this podcast, please send us an email at info at mvmtgb.com. That's info at movementgb.com.